Well, my name is Kyle. I'm one of the deacons here at H2O. Um, and so uh, we're really glad that you guys could be with us and, and worship this morning. And um, hopefully the, the message is beneficial to you. Um, we're in a sermon series we've called Words of the Wise, where we dig into the wisdom literature of the Old Testament and just kind of dig into what that means for us as a church and as individuals. Um, last week, Grant preached on the entire book of Job. So... Yeah, uh, 42 chapters. Truly, it's a wonder how we got through that without taking multiple hours of your time. So um, Grant is a very thorough man. He wants to make sure he covers everything. And so, I don't know, only by the grace of God could we get through a 42-chapter book uh, without it taking like three hours or something like that. But um, in that sermon, Grant discussed the topic of suffering and sovereignty um, and really just how those two things can exist in the same world. Um, so, so how uh, suffering and difficulty and hardship can exist in the same world as a good, holy, and also all-powerful God. Um, and so if you missed that, be sure to check that out online. Um, really good message. Uh, probably answers a lot of questions for you all if you have never thought about that topic before. Uh, this week, we're going to go back into the Proverbs, and we're going to talk about discipline and work ethic, um, which I'll confess ahead of time is not one of my strengths. Um, I don't know, I can think of like all of our leaders that are, are way more disciplined and way uh, better in their work ethic than I am, um, but you guys got stuck with me. So uh, here we are, and uh, I think it's going to be good anyway. So um, let's pray, and then we're going to read some scripture and, and kind of dig into what the Lord has for us this morning. God, um, Lord, we know that you are good. God, you're so good and you're unbelievable and you're worthy of everything. God, you're worthy of our whole lives. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand that, not just this morning, but even just as we pursue you, God, and that we desire to give you everything that we have. God, we pray that you would speak here. Lord, my consistent prayer is that you would speak much louder than I can into the hearts of the people that are in this room and, um, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your son. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we're going to read Proverbs 20, verse 4. It says this. The slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time, he looks and there is nothing. I'll read it again. It says the slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time, he looks and there is nothing. And so, like I said, we're talking about discipline and, and especially being disciplined um, today. Uh, we're talking about work ethic, stuff like that. Um, th there are tons of people in this room that are probably, I don't know, have an amazing work ethic. Um, I'm probably not one of those people, something that I could definitely grow in. But um, there are some principles, I think, that we can learn from the scriptures here. And, and uh, the way that I've been thinking about this message uh, all this week is just from the perspective of a coach, um, you know, speaking to maybe his players on, uh, you know, whatever team that may be, like a basketball or football team, maybe in junior high or in high school. And so that's why I'm wearing an outdated Kyrie jersey. Uh, if you're wondering, you know, what's this dude doing? Uh, that's what that's about. And so there's actually a couple audio clips uh, I want you guys to listen to, and, and hopefully that'll give you some perspective on, on sort of where I'm coming from. So if you want to play those. There's no room for giving up, kids. 
When I was four-string shot put in East Dakota community, no scholarship, you think I gave up? No, I didn't. What about discus? When I was tossed in the weighted frisbee, also known as the discus by Olympic qualifications, do you think I was going to give up because I couldn't throw 40 yards? I practiced harder every day until the sweat penetrated every ounce of cotton clothing I owned. Literally, no part of my body wasn't wet. There's no room for giving I get it. I see you're sucking wind. I see it. You probably want to quit now, don't you? Come on. Go home to your mammy's house. Binge watch a little bachelor. Reach in the fridge. Cut yourself a portionable slice of lemon meringue. Oh, my God. Well, life ain't like that, boy. It's not. And if you want the glory, you got to sweat. I want to smell it. I want to smell that hard work. I want to smell it. I want to, I want to taste it. Come here. Come here. Come here. What's this on your face? Nothing. Where the sweat, boy? Oh, you're lucky Coach Boomer didn't give you the salt lick. <laughs> so if you guys just want to picture me as Coach Boomer, that'd be ideal. I'd appreciate that. You know, you're speaking to... Uh, he may be giving you some tough talk during practice um, and that sort of thing. So, um, you, you know, and I know that those audio clips are, are funny. Like, I think they're hilarious. That's Andy Minio. He's a rapper. Um, so if you want to check him out later, you can. But um, the idea behind what the, the coaches are kind of talking about there, I don't think are totally off base, actually. And um, what I mean by that is, is in any sport, you wouldn't expect to be any good if you didn't put in any work, right? You might have some natural talent to where like the first time you step on the basketball court, you're like decent or whatever. Uh, but if you actually hope to compete, you know, in something like basketball or football or whatever, you would have to practice, you'd have to train, you have to put in a lot of hard work. You know, if you wanted to run a marathon, you probably wouldn't just, I don't know, sign up for a marathon and decide, yep, I'm gonna run that this week. Uh, without actually putting in any training or hard work, I um, think that that'd be pretty difficult, unless you're going to walk, you know, some of it. I feel like that's cheating, but, um, but it would be absurd. Like, unless you're like a freak athlete who's already doing a ton of uh, other uh, sports-type things, things that are going to uh, keep you in shape, like, that would be utterly ridiculous. And so what I hope to talk about today is, is that for many of us... Um, Many of us in this room, in our hearts, we want to be close to Jesus, right? We want to make his name known. We want to live completely and fully for Christ. We want to have a large kingdom impact. We want others to meet the same incredible God that we know. We want to step out in faith. We want to be bold in our witness for for Jesus. Uh, We want to live the way that we see the disciples in the early church live. And we want our lives to be Christ-like in every way possible, but sometimes uh, we want that, and I'm not sure we understand what it takes to to get there, right? Sometimes we want to be a mature Christian in theory or, 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 you know, uh, in concept, but we don't understand the cost of that. Like, you'll you'll see somebody that has a deep relationship with God, and you'll think, ah, I want that. I want to be like that person without thinking about how much effort and discipline that person you know, has, has uh, 
used in, in pursuing Jesus up to that point in, in their life. Right? It's not as though they just matured into a believer like that overnight. You know, but sometimes, just like the average Joe signing up for a marathon, we think that maybe one day we'll just wake up a fully matured Christian, right? Without putting in all the hard work. And, and, and so the title of this sermon uh, is, is one of those lines in, in one of those skits there. It's, if you want the glory, you've got to sweat. And, and I don't mean personal glory. I, I mean, if you want to glorify God with everything that you are, you know, if, if you want to be everything that God has, has made you to be, you've got to sweat a lot. You've got to work at it every day. You've got to stay on the grind. Because growing close to the Lord and having a large kingdom impact is impossible without putting in any effort. Right? Those two things, they're, they're not compatible. And I think this is something that's relevant for everybody in the room, no matter where you're at, because our God is so unbelievable and holy and good, and he's worthy of everything that we have. Right? He's worthy of receiving all of our effort. And there's nobody in here that can say, you know, I don't think I have anything left to give. You know, there's nobody in here that can't consider how they can give more of themselves over to God. Amen? And so there are so, so many ways that you can do this. And I'm going to touch on some really broad um, strokes here that I think will maybe help you think about how you can maybe do that if you, if you want to improve your relationship with Jesus and, and, and pursue him more. And so um, some of this I touched on in December um, when, when many of you probably were, were not here, but if you were here, if you happen to be at H2O City, you know, in, in the following week after um, the semester ended, then some of this will sound familiar. But for most of you, I think it'll be fresh. So um, the, the first thing is this, the first point is guarding intimacy, guarding intimacy. <clears throat> um, going back to the, the proverb that we read, Proverbs 20, verse 4. It says this, the slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time, he looks and there is nothing. All right, and so I read this, and the first thing that I notice is that he's looking for something at harvest time, right? I mean, he knows what kind of work that he's put in or lack of work that he's put in, and yet he's still wondering where the fruit is, okay? And I wonder how many of us do something similar. Uh, I sit down with a lot of students and, and people um, and one of the things I, I ask with people that I meet up with is just, hey, like, you know, how has your relationship with the Lord been? What's that been like? And, uh, and sometimes I get back the kind of, ah, it's okay. You know, it's been fine. Uh, it could be better. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, what, what's been going on? Why is that? And they're like, oh, I'm not super sure. I just don't feel really close to the Lord right now. Or I'm just like, okay, well, what's been going on in your life, or, or what have you been doing to pursue the Lord? It's like, well, I go to church on Sunday, and I go to life group, and I spend some time in the Bible. And, and it's like, it's this huge mystery to them as to why they don't feel close to the Lord. Right? They want the intimacy, that they want the fruit of being close with God without actually putting their hand to the plow. You know? They, they, they look at harvest time and they're kind of confused, wondering where all the fruit is, even though they didn't really put in very much work. 
and it's a little bit strange. And, and so don't hear me saying that, that, that in that, that God's love for us is in any way conditional on the work that we put in. Um, I hope that that's not what you're picking up from, from, from what I'm saying, right? Like what we see in the scriptures is that God loved us while we were yet sinners, right? And so there's, there's nothing that we can do to earn God's love for us or to earn right standing before him. It's not really about that. But, but the reality is, is that there are some things that tend to be helpful in our relationships with God, tend to increase our intimacy with the Lord. And, and when we do those things, our relationship with God is better. And when we don't do those things, it tends to be uh, less intimate, less close. You see less power in your life. And, and so the challenge here is this. Identify those things. Identify the things in your life that tend to lead to a deeper intimacy with the Lord. You know? Identify those things and then guard them. And, and there may be a large list there, right? But there's nothing more important than your relationship with God. And so that may be something like consistent time in the word, consistent time in prayer. That may be something like just spending time in fellowship with other believers, you know, with people that you can talk about the Lord with, right? That may be something that increases your intimacy with God. Maybe it's uh, worshiping God through music. Maybe it's worshiping God in nature. I know some people that connect really well with the Lord in nature. Not one of those people, but I know people like that. There's any number of things that that may be for you, but to identify, like, what are the things that tend to lead to a greater intimacy with God for you? And to do those things consistently and to guard them. And, and, and by the way, there are often going to be times when you don't feel like doing some of those things. Right? There are going to be times when you don't feel like spending time in prayer. You don't feel like spending time in the Word. You don't feel like uh, worshiping uh, God in music or in song. But, but that's kind of what discipline is, to do those things anyways, knowing that it's good for your relationship with Jesus. Right? I mean, do you think somebody that is training in the gym for like a weightlifting competition always wants to, to lift every day? Right? Do you think that they're, they just never feel in any way like, ah, I don't want to do it today? Or, or, or do you think that the person that is training for a marathon ever just doesn't feel like running? Of course. Right? Of course that, that's true. Like, there are going to be days like that, but they do it because they want this desired result, right? And that desired result for them is to, I don't know, compete athletically or, or do some sort of physical feat. For us, the desired result is godliness. It's, it's Christ-likeness. Okay, and, and so we've got to do whatever it takes, even when we don't want to, if we want to be more godly men and women. Guard these things. Whatever you have to do to guard them, do it. Right? Your relationship with the God of the universe is more important than anything else in your schedule. Be disciplined in guarding your intimacy. If you want the glory, you've got to sweat. The second point is this, remove every weight. And so we just talked about guarding these things that are beneficial for our relationship with God, but, but the reverse is true as well. Removing the things from our lives that, that hinder our relationship with God. 
things that take away from your intimacy with the Lord, things that distract you from the Lord, things that ultimately kill your joy. Hebrews 12.1, it says this, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Now, something you'll notice here is that the author of Hebrews makes a distinction between uh, the weight, you know, laying aside every weight and laying aside every sin that so easily entangles us, right? And so each of those things is, is a hindrance to our relationship with God. But one of those things is probably a little more easy to spot, right? Sin. Sin is often more easy to spot in our lives. It's often much easier for us to see, ah, this thing is going on in my life that shouldn't be because we see it in the scriptures, right? God says, ah, don't do this, and I'm doing that thing. Probably not good for me, right? And, and don't get me wrong, obviously we need to work hard at being disciplined and, and trying to remove those things from our lives as well because that's going to hinder our relationship with Jesus. But, but sin isn't typically the harder thing to identify. The harder thing to identify is usually the weight, the weight that keeps us from running the race, that keeps us from walking closely with the Lord. It doesn't have to be sin, and, and it's probably not. It's probably morally neutral if there's a weight in your life. You know, it's not something that's inherently wrong, but you know, it's killing your intimacy with God. Um, that can be any number of things. It could be a hobby that, that distracts you from God. It could be um, a romantic relationship with somebody that's not pursuing Jesus with the same intensity that you'd like to pursue Jesus. That may keep you from the Lord. It can be so many different things. You know how John puts it? He says this in 1 John 5.21. This is the very last thing that he leaves people with in this letter, and I've always found it to be really powerful. <clears throat> he says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take the place of God in your hearts. So he, he writes this long letter, you know, instructing these people over and over again, often about like love and these different things, and, and then the last thing he says, it's almost abrupt if you read it. He's just like, hey, don't let anything take the place of God in your hearts. Period. And that's it. That's what he leaves them with. And so to consider what might that be for you? What might take the place of God in your heart? What are the things that tend to distract you from God? Tend to take your time away from that which is most important. Identify that thing. You know, take inventory of things like that and, and work hard at either being disciplined in that such that it's not an issue or removing it from your life entirely. Right? You are better off being close with the Lord without a worldly comfort than to have a mediocre relationship with God because of something that you can't bear to give up. So remove every weight. Every hindrance, every barrier. You know what's probably a weight or hindrance for a lot of athletes? Junk food. Right? That's maybe a hindrance for some of us in here. We ain't even athletes, right? <laughs> but, but if you were an athlete that's trying to compete at a high level and junk food were an issue for you, how silly would it be to keep it around the house? Right? You know, ah, I've got to stick to this strict diet to see the results that I want to see, but also you're like, I know that I have a tendency to eat an entire sleeve of Oreos in one sitting, right? 
And so maybe you should see from that, like, maybe it's not wise to keep Oreos around the house. You know? The same is true for us. If we want to grow in our walks with Jesus, right, if we want to see that desired result, we ought to be disciplined in removing the things from our lives that tend to be weights. Things that ultimately hinder us from that which is more important than all of the treasure in the world. If you want the glory, you've got to sweat. The the third thing is this. Identify weak areas. This one is for for people that uh, especially are wanting to see God use them more, wanting to see... um, you know, more ministry happen in their life maybe, uh, wanting to grow and, and, and being a better ambassador for Christ everywhere that they go. Um, you know, a lot of time that can take discipline. Uh, and so <clears throat> to help you see what I'm talking about whenever I'm, I'm talking about this, some time ago I got into lifting weights and I did that probably around the time that I got engaged because I was like, ah, if, I, if I'm going to get in shape, maybe wedding is a good, a good reason to get in shape, right? Um, you only get married once. So I was like, well, all right, I'm going to work at this. And since then, I've kind of enjoyed it. It's become a hobby of mine. Uh, that said, I'm like the world's worst bodybuilder because I'm terribly inconsistent and I don't have the appetite to actually gain any weight. Like, I have a hard time eating. So there's that, I guess. But um, because I've, I've mildly taken interest in, you know, lifting weights and bodybuilding and stuff like that, every once in a while, I, I watch. YouTube videos of, of people that are way better at it than I am just because it's really fascinating to me, um, you know, and just how disciplined they are and, and everything they do to achieve this goal. And um, this one guy that I was, uh, I was watching was talking about how important it was as a competitive bodybuilder to identify the weak spots uh, that he had and, and to work hard at training those more, right? And so he, he was talking about how, like, oh, like, I have a really hard time building muscle in my upper chest. Or, or you know, you might have trouble building muscle in your calves or in your quads or something like that, right? But the point is, is that he would identify that thing and then he would, um, you know, exercise that body part multiple times a week knowing that that was kind of his weak spot. And, and I say this because I, I think in terms of ministry and being used by God, it's really a, a good example of a way that we can be disciplined. Um, you know, if we take a step back and ask ourselves, okay, like what, what are the weak areas in my relationship with God? If I want to pursue God with everything that I have, what are the the weak spots? And and then to actually be disciplined in doing that thing consistently until you see improvement. And so uh, an example of this for me is is outreach. Um, I came on staff here at H2O uh, about five years ago. And and one of the major reasons I wanted to come on staff was I just wanted to see students introduced to Jesus. People that don't know Jesus, invited into a relationship with him, right? And um, some, some time ago uh, this year, I, I just kind of realized that I wasn't meeting anybody that was lost. I wasn't meeting anybody that was far from God. I was just spending a lot of time with people in our church, um, which the church is amazing. It's a great gift. Discipleship, so important. Like, love, all of that. And yet, I, I just knew that I wanted to do more of what I signed up to do, which was just meet lost people and introduce them to Jesus, um, and so this semester, kind of when that struck me, that I just didn't have very many relationships with lost people, uh, I decided to take a small step in that direction. Um, and it's not anything, you know, mind-blowing or something super bold. Like, I, I wasn't like, ah, I'm just going to 
spend time on campus each week doing street evangelism, which is great. Like, I think, you know, there are people in our church that do that frequently. Awesome. But, but more importantly for me, I just wanted to meet lost people that I could build relationships with. And so my small step was like, I'm just going to spend time each week in a place that I know lost people are at. And so for me, uh, that was the bar. Last Friday, I went over to a bar here in Clifton. I was like, I'm just going to hang out for a couple hours and, and talk to people and see what happens. Like, see, see what God does from that. You know, spend time getting to know them and love them. And uh, before I go on, I want to be as clear as I can be that um, I feel like talking to a college church, this can be even a touchy subject or whatever, talking about alcohol, um, some things that our church believes on alcohol. Uh, obey the law, you know. You shouldn't be drinking at all if you're, under the age of 21, you shouldn't be getting drunk. The Bible tells us that's a sin. That's not good for you. You shouldn't be, um, you, you should be of sober mind. And so knowing that none of those things are an issue for me, um, I went to the bar on a Friday by myself just to meet people. And um, any other time that you'd see somebody going to the bar by yourself, you might be like, hey, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> You doing okay? You know, you all right? Maybe we need to talk. But, but knowing that, you know, drunkenness is not really a, a temptation for me or anything like that, uh, you know, I just went there and, and hung out for a few hours and, and talked to people. And, um, and, and I think that was really good, and I intend to do that, you know, on a weekly basis as much as I can, just, just so that I can be around lost people. Now, there are loads of other weak areas that, that people can have. I, I think prayer is, is probably one of them in most of our lives. Like, I think if our church was more dedicated to prayer, we'd see so much more happening, not just in our church, but on this campus. But to identify, like, where is it that you are weak, right? What area are you weak in? What area would you like to grow in? Maybe it's something small, like, I, I just want to learn to lead a Bible study, you know, and to take a step in that direction. Maybe it's something like, I just want to get into more conversations with my classmates about Jesus. I don't even know where to begin, so maybe, you know, your goal for this week might would be something like, ah, I'm just going to ask them, you know, what they believe about God or, or tell them about our church and see where that leads. And I, I don't know what that might be for you, but, but to identify where you're weak and to take even one small but important step in the direction of rectifying that weakness. Right? It doesn't have to be some kind of giant hurdle to go over. Like it's not some huge barrier for me to just go hang out at the bar for a couple hours on a Friday. You know? It might not be too difficult to ask one of your classmates this week what they believe about God and just see where the conversation goes or to start a Bible study and just see how that goes so that you can grow in areas like that. Maybe it's setting aside a weekly time with someone in our church to pray because you're like, ah, I think prayer is really important and I want to pray more. What is that for you? Again, if you want the glory, you've got to sweat. You've got to work at it. And so... Um, the last thing is this, it's, it's the vine. And you may know where I'm going with this, but um, I hope that as we've been talking here, you feel maybe a little challenged. Um, that may make you feel a little uncomfortable. It may make you feel a little bit overwhelmed. Um, I, I know whenever I think about stuff like this, this can be really overwhelming just because I'm like, 
there are so many things that I need to grow in, and historically, I'm just, I'm weak. You know, I, I know that I can get, you know, even fired up and excited about implementing some new disciplines in my life, and then like a month later, they fizzle out, and I'm burnt out, and I'm discouraged, and you know, stuff like that, right? And, and you may have short-term success in being disciplined, but there's probably going to come a time when that disciplinary strength fails you. And so in that moment, you may wonder, ah, what should I do? Yeah, you thought you had it all figured out. If I just do this and this and that, then my relationship with God is going to be amazing and I'll be happy. Only to find out that your raw willpower isn't enough. You know, that's hard to keep it up. And even if that's not you right now, or if you've never experienced that before, I would just caution you, that's probably going to be you at some point in your life. Um, and, and I hope that when that happens, that you know this. Jesus says this in Matthew 11, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so while it's true that you have to work hard at your relationship with Jesus, you have to put in effort, it's also true that if you try to do that out of your own strength, you will fail. You'll burn out. You'll probably fall short and be discouraged. Jesus says, come to me, and he promises to give you rest. The, the rest of that passage in Hebrews that we read earlier, the, the first verse, again, it says, therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Jesus also says in John 15, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you, just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And so, are you overwhelmed at the very thought of putting in work into your relationship with God because there's so much there that you need to work on? I hope that you take heart because you're not intended to do this alone. You're not intended to do this alone. In fact, you're intended to use the Lord's strength to pursue him which I know sounds kind of circular. I'm supposed to use God's strength to pursue God. But, but Jesus says in that passage that he's the author and perfecter of our faith, right? The beginning and end of our faith. You don't get credit for this, which is great news to be honest because if you tried to follow everything that God has for you on your own, you'd fail. You'd fall short. Like not even close. And so if you haven't figured this out yet, you are wildly incompetent. <laughs> right? Join the club. You have failed at following God since you were born. Before you were a Christian, your life was offensive to God because of your sin. And even now that you're a Christian, you're probably still struggling with sin in some aspect, and you're at least definitely failing in following God to the fullest of your potential. Okay? But God is gracious. 
and our righteousness is based on Christ and Christ alone. And our strength in pursuing him must come from Christ and Christ alone. He gives us the strength to follow him and pursue him. He gives us the strength to be disciplined in areas that we struggle in. Let us take no credit. And that doesn't have to be discouraging. I think that that's absolutely freeing. Right? Because we've got, we've got work to do. You and I, we have work to do. There are so many areas that we can give more of ourselves to God. Right? And it's frustrating because I know if, if I go at that on my own, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall hard. But by his grace and his strength, if we lean into him, if we stay connected to the vine, I think that he's going to produce something amazing in us. So let's pray. Lord, God, we thank you for being worthy of all of our effort. God, you're better than anything that this world has to offer. Lord, I pray that we'd have such a deep understanding of that, God, that that you'd help us to grow in our understanding of you. God, that you'd help us to grow in understanding just how holy and worthy and unbelievable you are, God, that you are worthy of everything that we have, God. Help us to believe that and to, to, to take steps in following you. God, even one small step, God, help us to take steps in pursuing you because you are the best treasure in the world. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.